Hello everyone and welcome back to a brand new episode of your favourite Formula 1 show, episode 136 of Knowing Wheel. And we're back this weekend to preview the Japanese Grand Prix. Of course, as always, I'm joined by the beautiful specimen uh, that is JB183. How are we doing, my friend? I'm very good. I'm uh, I'm flattered by your, your description of me there, but... It's it's before nine o'clock, so I'm not sure how true it is. <laughs> I'm still very, very tired. And uh, for those of you that obviously watch the show quite regularly, you'll remember a few weeks ago, I had a nice swollen face from my wisdom tooth coming through. Uh, we're back again with Swollen 212, uh, which now I say it out loud doesn't sound like a That's, particularly yeah. good game. Uh, but, but we move. <laughs> He's been um, hitting the gym a lot recently. So. I really have, yes. Yeah, Swall 212. <laughs> but of course, we've we've actually got a few things to go through for the Japanese Grand Prix, haven't we, Jamie? Quite surprised mm. with our busy little news week. Yes, indeed. Uh, and there was a bit of fairly big news yesterday as we record this, um, of McLaren making moves for uh, one of their drivers, Oscar Piastri, who was not out of contract this year, but he was... Only as far as 2024, wasn't he? Um, yes. And they've extended it by two years with an option for more, which is a big commitment. And I, I quite rate it because obviously we speak highly of Piastri a lot of the time. Um, and he's been doing really, really well this year. So, yeah, I think it's good for McLaren, good for Piastri. Um, and obviously, as always, it was a very low-key contract renewal for Oscar Piastri. Yeah, I mean, he, he just does everything out in one tweet, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah, completely. Um, and unlike last year, it was a lot. Of, wait, has he been in F one two years? No, no. This is the first season, still, Jamie. Don't worry. Wow, he's in class. Fair play. Yeah, he's. <laughs> um, this is what we've said, isn't it? He just gets yeah. in a new car and is rapid. You just forget he's a rookie completely. He's so um, yeah. But yeah, unlike last year, it wasn't a massive fallout with uh with Alpine, so that worked out all right. But he did mug him off a bit in this one tweet he did. Yes, yeah. I mean, it's it one of those things, isn't it, with Oscar Piastri? Again, you've kind of hit the nail on the head there. You forget he's a rookie. Like, mm. he just seems to... And this is obviously what he's done throughout his junior career as well, isn't it? Of he just moves into a new series or into a new car and adapts. And in Formula 1, where constantly, obviously, things are changing, you can't really get a much better driver than one that's adaptable, can you? No, no. And, like, I guess adaptability is really, really important, breaking into the grid. I guess you would you could argue once you're at the sharp end and you're settled in a team, you need that cutting edge, which maybe say, for instance, Verstappen and Hamilton don't really need to be adaptable anymore. Obviously, they will be, but because they're very very settled in their teams, they just need to be rapid and build their team around them. But for now, Piastri, yeah, definitely needs to be very adaptable. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, it, it shows McLaren's long term intent as well, doesn't it? Because you, as you obviously you mentioned there, fantastic for Oscar. Fantastic for McLaren. I think the only person that loses out on this, and it's not really losing out either, is of course Lando Norris. You know, we we spoke about it before this year, but is he having to start looking over his shoulder, or are we starting to see McLaren get a bit worried that they might lose one of their drivers and don't want to end up in an Alpine situation? Yeah, potentially. I do think, yeah, it's kind of been the worst kept secret for a while that Red Bull are sniffing around Norris. Uh, kind of all the time really so and that move for Red Bull to take Norris it it kind of makes sense for the driver and for Red Bull the only person who maybe wouldn't be best like it's a bit of a like a center prof potentially because I do think both those drivers are really good obviously 
hard to say Norris has never won a race before, but um, I do think they would, maybe not clash, but they, I don't think they'd be perfect teammates, for instance, <laughs> as, he would, as he'd argue that Perez has been or Bottas was for Lewis and that kind of thing. I don't think Norris would be for Max or Max for Norris if Norris came in and did it better. Well, Norris so. <laughs> yeah, hasn't been a number two since, what, 2021? No, 2020, really. Was it Sainz? No, Ferrari. Sainz was still really the number one at McLaren, wasn't he? In 2020, yeah, but 2021, Ricardo came in. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I don't think he'd go, he'd happily go back to that. So I guess he'd want assurance that they would be on at least equal footing and then both drivers can have a chance of battling for the wins if the car is capable. Um, and yeah, I think McLaren needs to kind of future proof against that. So locking down Piastri for a long time makes makes perfect sense, really. Well, yeah, I think McLaren, of course, have been quite wise as well, obviously, from a financial standpoint. You know, because don't get me wrong, to be able to lock Lando into a long-term deal like that, you've got to be paying him a lot of money. Mm. Um, because, of course, you know, he is one of Formula One's hottest properties. And, you know, if McLaren, you know, this year, of course, they've kind of kicked on quite well more recently. Um, but, of course, you know, bigger picture, you know, they haven't really delivered cars that are worthy of his talents in recent years. So, of course, they've got to be paying him pretty well to have him sticking around and, you know, willing to sign that kind of deal. Mm. But, of course, it also means, you know, if a Red Bull comes sniffing around, you know, they're going to have to pay McLaren a lot of money to get him out yeah. of that deal. And, you know, Oscar Piastri, I certainly feel, has absolutely got the same, if not more, potential than Lando Norris, you know, I'm sure there's, you know, going to be a situation before 2026 where other teams are sniffing around for him. And again, McLaren could be in for a very good payday if someone decides to pull the trigger. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Um, And you kind of, like, obviously McLaren are an ambitious team. They want to be at the front, but reasonably they haven't delivered a car capable of winning races consistently in over 10 years. So, yeah, I do think with the rate of, like, the rate they're bringing out these rookies who are just excellent, then it's almost fair to the drivers to put them in a car they deserve. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, you obviously you hit the nail on the head. I would argue that this year's McLaren car is probably the best they've built since they were winning races regularly. Obviously, all the way back in 2012. It's probably the closest to the front, for sure, on a consistent basis, especially since, obviously, Austria. And then Norris had another upgrade in Singapore, which Piastri we'll get this weekend too so yeah yeah their rate of development this year has been unreal because they were literally second slowest team in Bahrain weren't they well they were so, slowest by Miami weren't they because even Williams yeah. had moved on yeah yeah so if they can keep that trajectory obviously there's no silver bullets in F1 and the faster you go the harder it is to find any more time but they could could they win a race between now and the end of the season I think that completely depends on what Red Bull are doing. You know, if Singapore is... Don't get me wrong, I think Singapore was always going to be one of Red Bull's worst tracks of the year. But if that car now is just fighting at the front rather than dominating at the front, I see an in for either Lando Norris or Oscar Piastri. If we get a crazy race between the end of the season, I see an in for Lando Norris or Oscar Piastri. What worries me more is a bit like Ricardo. I can see Oscar getting a win before Lando does. <laughs> Maybe. 
I, I think that wouldn't go down very well in a, in the Norris camp. I don't think it would. Um, and it would have to be quite odd circumstances for it to happen in the same way that 2021 was for Daniel Ricciardo. Yeah. Um, but of course... That wasn't that odd. Ricciardo did just outpace No, Ricciardo, Ricciardo was quick that weekend. But the fact it was the one weekend that year where Ricciardo... One of the only weekends that year where yeah. Ricciardo was up to pace. Um, and of course, you know, then everything, everything happened in front of them. But, you know, we've, we've already seen it a couple of times this year. You know, I think there probably is a written deal that obviously we don't know about. You know, the the amount of times Lando's been given favourable strategies and that kind of thing as well. You know, Hungary was a fantastic example of that. Um, I think it wasn't Singapore, was it? Um, Monza, again, was another example of that. Uh, where obviously Lando was given a better, you know, was given the undercut despite yeah. the fact he was behind. And, you know, it, it doesn't seem like Oscar's had even the option on those occasions. Um, it still obviously is Lando Norris is that number one within the team. But, yeah, I, I don't know why, but I just feel like there's this vision. And it, it's not based <laughs> on anything, you know. This is knowing yeah. wheel, not knowing gut instinct. <laughs> rocks or something like that. Um, that Oscar Piastri might just get that win before Lando Norris does. Potentially, potentially, and yeah, Ricard, uh, I just a little mention to just how consistently good McLaren's rookies are all the yeah. time. I saw a tweet about this. It's like, other than Stoffel Van Dorn, arguably, yeah. um, but even then, he's had a good career in other sports. So, but you've got obviously Piastri, Norris. Uh, before that, if you ignore Van Dorn, was uh, Magnussen. Magnussen. He's had a very long career in F one. And then, bef- like before that, Lewis Hamilton, who uh, apparently did all right. So <laughs> yeah, he's what's he doing around nowadays? Yeah, not sure really. Only finishing third every so often. So, um, but yeah, they're they're brave enough to put rookies in when they feel they're ready, and often, more often than not, it seems to work out. So fair play. Yeah, it really does seem like most of the time they swim, don't they? Because I mean, even Kevin Magnussen, of course, podium on debut back in 2014, um, and. Had they not been able to re-sign Fernando Alonso, you know he was going to keep that seat as well, wasn't he? At McLaren, yeah, which is interesting. And he would have had a great sort of time in 2015. Exactly, but it's interesting to think, you know, where his trajectory could have gone had he been kept on by McLaren, or had Button decided to give up instead. Potentially, yeah, I yeah, Magnussen's an interesting one. He's just been kind of here for a while, hasn't he? He's not done much in a very long time, but a bit like Nico Hulkenberg. <laughs> well, front row. What's that got to do with anything? Magnussen's at least Clingy had a podium. Magnussen had more podiums car. by his second weekend in Formula 1 than Nico ever has, yeah. Uh, TVC. Hulk podium in uh, in Brazil. You reckon when the new house upgrade comes in? <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Jamie, once again, is living on hopium, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Um, obviously, we've, we've spoke about McLaren and Oscar Piastri, haven't we? Um, obviously, we. So this is going to be a horrible one, because this is going to probably be another episode of Knowing Wheel, where we talk about something that might happen and it gets confirmed before it goes out. Yeah. But apparently, Sonoda is all but confirmed to be announced this weekend at re-signing for AlphaTauri. Yes, I'm confident enough that we can say that it will happen by okay. either by the time this video comes out or by the time the weekend starts have, have we got to think... do two takes of this going <laughs> we can't believe Sonoda hasn't been re-signed by Avatari yet or Jamie the big news coming into this weekend <laughs> Yuki Sonoda has confirmed he has re-signed with Avatari just edit the right one of those in yeah in your, in your I, I fully fully believe that he he will have been by the time this comes out just because it's Japan home race it makes a lot of sense 
to announce it here. Um, and he, he, I think he deserves it. My yeah. old, my my preferred lineup for this team would be Sonoda Lawson, but exactly. I don't think that's going to happen. Well, this obviously leads us on to our second point now because I think you know Yuki's done a admirable campaign this year, hasn't he? Of course, you know, first time he's stepped up as the number one uh, within AlphaTauri and has led that team pretty well, you know, considering what they've been given. I mean, AlphaTauri, of course, big, big upgrades coming onto the car now. So I think, um, you know, as we spoke about last week, you know, is there an element of Red Bull obviously looking to sell up shop? Are they now starting to give AlphaTauri all the car parts that they can? I mean, you know, potentially mm. giving them a much quicker car towards the end of the year. That you know, even if it just temporarily boosts the stock price of AlphaTauri, you know, if you're selling it off to an Adidas or a, um, isn't it Hugo Boss? Hugo <laughs> Boss was the other one, yeah, that apparently could be willing to buy in. Um, you know, it's certainly, certainly, you know, a wise idea because, of course, effectively they are just going to be leaving free performance on the table. Um, yeah. But obviously, we mentioned Liam Lawson. Of course, this might well be his last weekend in Formula One for the foreseeable. Uh, because Ricardo allegedly is apparently also going to get announced at some point in the near future to AlphaTauri, and that I think has upset both of us just a little bit, hasn't it? A little bit. It's supposed to be a junior team, and Liam Lawson has very comfortably done enough to deserve more time. Um, so I think it's very, very unfair on Liam Lawson to not put him in. Um, obviously, what thirteenth in a horrific circumstances in Zandvoort 11th in whatever race is after that in Monza um, and then 9th in Singapore and it's going to be 7th this weekend sorry it's going to be 7th this weekend then, it could isn't be it? it could he be keeps improving by like, two. well he's he's raced in Japan all year so he, he's used to it um, <laughs> so yeah I think Liam Lawson I obviously I've supported him a lot of his career um, somehow he's made it to Formula 1 uh, despite despite me, your kiss of death, yeah. <laughs> despite me choosing to support him in F two, uh, which screwed over an entire campaign, um, but yeah, but I think he absolutely deserves more time, and I, I do think they would put him in in twenty twenty five, but that's just so far away. Yeah, I mean, this is the thing, isn't it? Because I was just taking a moment to consider that as well. Of course, you know, we, we're still very much on Yuki is going to go to Aston Martin. So, of course, we are expecting a few dominoes to fall, aren't we? Obviously, yeah. Alonso's going to retire. Yuki's going to go there. Of course, that's going to open up the seat for Liam Lawson uh, down at AlphaTauri. But it just doesn't quite make sense. As we've said, you know, that team is a junior team. Daniel Ricciardo is not a junior. Why are Red Bull seemingly so dead set on him potentially getting the call back to Red Bull when they could also be trying to get Lando Norris. You know, where do all these pieces fit together? Yeah, yeah. I think Ricardo's almost coming back for marketing purposes, it feels like. And I, I do I, I would feel sorry for Ricardo if he had this major return and then kind of misfortune took it away from him with that broken hand. So I get why they're trying to be loyal to him a little bit more. I certainly see you but know he give wasn't it to loyal him to, to them. No, it's true, but that was a long time ago, and I guess they feel sorry for him now because he's had a pretty rough time since leaving. Um, but I, I think, like putting Ricardo back in whenever he's fit for the rest of the races makes a lot of sense, and then kind of just weigh up which of them, which of Ricardo and Lawson you want to choose for twenty four. I think that would be the right way to go about it because say so Lawson's probably good, well he's definitely going to race in Japan. Ricardo probably comes back in for Qatar and then the rest of the races after that. 
and Lawson will want to finish Super Formula, which I, yeah. I can't remember. Only, if that no, he clashes. can't. It, it, it doesn't clash. So it he's racing Suzuka. Suzuka this weekend in F1, and yeah. then Suzuka the following weekend, and the following weekend again in Super yeah. Formula. <laughs> so he's going to just batter everyone now he's driven an F1 car around there. So, oh, you've um, just jinxed him. You know that, right? <laughs> if you if you're betting now, bet on Liam Lawson losing the uh, Super Formula title because Gene yeah, said definitely. that. Definitely, but I think, for instance, imagine a circumstance where Sonoda handedly beats Ricardo for the next six races towards the end of the season, or however many it is. I think it's five, uh, five or six. Um, would you still keep Ricardo for twenty four? Just because Lawson has already shown that he's pretty much a match for Sonoda. I mean, this then goes into the other thing, doesn't it? Of course, you know, it depends on the Honda politics still within that team. Um, you know, it's highly likely, unless... I'm sure Sonoda's had conversations of, well, I'm going to be going to Aston Martin when they go there, unless I'm in a Red Bull. And, you know, don't get me wrong, we think Yuki's done all right this year, but surely Red Bull are going, yeah, but why are we going to put you in a Red Bull? You know, we've, we've yeah. got Max, we've got the potential of Ricardo. Which, now I think about it more and more, just makes me wonder whether they're pretty much desperate to get him back in the car because they know they can make more money on hat sales <laughs> than they can pay him in that avatary. Because let's be fair, I can't imagine he's on a lot of money. No, I doubt it. Obviously, he a was lot. on mega money just a couple of years ago, but I can't imagine he's on much down yeah, in and I, I'd imagine it won't have changed like from what he was on as a third driver no. to what he's on now. No. It, so it'd be a couple really... of million. <laughs> it is re I mean, which obviously again in the real world is a ridiculous amount yeah. of money to be on a couple yeah. of million, especially um, tax-free in Monaco. <laughs> exactly, but of course, you know, Sonoda's on a lot less than that. You know, Sonoda's apparently always been pretty much on the lowest salary of anyone. You know, with the exception of yeah. Logan Sargent, I would have thought this year. Um, you know, is it time for Red Bull to kind of accept that Sonoda's going? But how do they kind of get all their ducks in a row? It still seems like there's too many drivers looking at the wrong seats mm. inside the Red Bull camp. Yeah, it's true. And you've got three to try and fit into two. And I just think you've got to cut but your losses. potential Lando Norris as well, isn't it? Yeah, then it makes it six into four. Six into four, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And only one of them is absolutely nailed, you would say, in Max Verstappen. So, oh, exactly. Yeah, Verstappen yeah. is the only one that can sit back and relax. Yeah. Yeah, but we shall see. I'd like to see Liam Lawson back on the grid in 2024. But so would I. I'm so not I. optimistic. So 2024, then, we're saying our ideal but fairly sensible lineups would be Verstappen, Perez, Lawson, yep. Sonoda. Yeah. Yeah. That seems. Yeah, but it won't fair. happen because Helmet Marco. So. Well, hopefully Red Bull get rid of him soon. At least we can, <laughs> we can only hope. Well, Lawson's not from Europe, so he probably just has a vendetta against him. Well, he probably thinks he's South American as well, doesn't he? He just assumes <laughs> everyone who doesn't know where they're from is South American. Yeah, um, but Ricardo is from Europe because he's been there 10 years. So. Exactly. And his name is Ricardo, so he must be Italian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Helmet, Daniel? <laughs> Daniel Ricardo. Um, speaking of the Americas, though, Jamie, we're going to head a bit north of South America into North America. And obviously one of their two drivers on the current Formula 1 grid. Yes, I will take a round of applause um, for that segue, Lance Stroll, of course, only a little bit of news, uh, confirmed to obviously be back this weekend, isn't he? Yes, after a lot of speculation by a lot of Sebastian Vettel stands on Twitter, yeah. um, <laughs> that maybe because he crashed, 
he wouldn't race. But you know, it's got to be a pretty bad crash to not race the following week. And it. Well, it we say pretty... that. Look at Ricardo. Yeah, I suppose. But Stroll was <laughs> clever enough to take his hands off the wheel. So, uh, yeah, and he's testing the limits. I, I saw he's very, very committed to the team because he's he's driving fast enough to crash. I mean, my crack to... is talking out of you know where. Yes, that statement. <laughs> it just is so. It's almost cult-like, isn't it? Yeah. It's like, who does he think he's kidding? That Stroll isn't just there because his dad owns the team. Yeah, yeah, he's just... He's such a confusing little... I mean, it's not confusing, but it is all at the same time. It goes everything you want to believe in in Formula 1, doesn't it? But, you know, on the, on the contrary to that, you know, we're happy that Stroll is race-ready yeah. once again. Um, ready, I, to, it would uh, have been... ready to beat Alonso this weekend. Exactly. Well, it would have been interesting, wouldn't it? had Seb come in, because it probably would have given a lot of people the rough idea of how much better Alonso is than Seb. <laughs> and of course, you know, you would have had the excuse that Seb isn't race ready. Um, but he had, a, did you see this as well? He had an interesting interview last week. About returning? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, please don't. <laughs> could, could Audi, you know, for one season? I mean, part of it would be nice for sentimentality, but Seb is well past it. Some drivers just deteriorate, and some drivers don't. Seb, and... we would argue, has probably had one of the weirdest careers for a world champion. You know, you've probably got him, Damon Hill, a multiple world champion. Jacques Villeneuve, that all have just had bizarre Formula 1 careers of, you know, being absolutely on top of the world. People looking at you, well, maybe not Damon Hill so much, but people <laughs> looking at you going, you know, how are we ever going to beat this guy? To suddenly, you know, Stroll wasn't far away from him on a lot of occasions. Not at all. Not Alonso at all. has shown to people again just how mid Lance Stroll is in a at way best. that Sebastian Vettel yeah. couldn't. Yeah, and I, I do think if Seb was to return in an Audi alongside, I don't know, a Carlos Sainz, for oh, instance. Oh, no, let's say Mick Schumacher. Come on, Jim, we've got to appeal oh, to the stats. Oh, uh, I mean, Sainz would batter Seb these days. <laughs> he Like, easy. Um. Yeah, and I hate Depends to say because Seb's a nice guy. Yeah, yeah. Because Carlos can be pretty bipolar, can't he, in a Formula One car as well on occasion. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. but I don't. I think Seb is too busy uh, building B hotels in Suzuka this this weekend, so won't be driving the car sadly. Um, but yeah, he's he's doing his stuff, doing what he he cares about more than driving these days. So fair play. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's quite cool, isn't it, obviously, what they're doing at Suzuka, of course, you know, quite funny that media hyped it up as, like, this big Sebastian Vettel announcement at the Japanese Grand Prix, and all it is, yeah, is he's put some beehives in on the outside of Turn 2, um, but, of course, you know, they're gonna they're changing the curbing there, uh, it's going to be yellow and black curbing, of course, to raise awareness for the bees, have you ever seen, sorry, on a slight ramble, have you ever seen Japanese hornets? No. I'm they're mad. Um, yeah. There's there's a video I think on YouTube somewhere of I think it's ten Japanese hornets what going into a they hive, huge. A, a hive of a thousand European bees, and they basically just dismember them one by one. Wow, um, which is madness. Um, which is not what you'd expect on a Formula One podcast, just to be talking about <laughs> Japanese hornets. But you know, there we are. Um, and there's also going to be a little uh, logo, isn't there, on the track of a bee as yes. well, which to us yeah, yeah. look like Benson and Hedges. Um, undercover <laughs> marking, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. Jordan's yeah. back, and uh, very nicely as well. Uh, the the football team I support are known as the Bees. So shout out to Barnet. 
Uh, <laughs> Gotta get that. I'm in off. There. I'm off to York on Tuesday night, so uh, I'll be raising awareness for the bees too. There you go. Um, <laughs> if, if you want to get a Jamie One Eight Three signature, get yourself over to York Football Club Tuesday night. <laughs> Jamie One Eight Three is going to be doing signings with the club. Yeah. Um, sure. Be sure. there. Get it. I got. I got. Get what you it. Did. Thank you. <laughs> that was a that was a buzzing joke. That was absolutely wasn't it? That's horrendous. That might be the worst thirty seconds of podcasting oh, we've dear. ever done. Everyone, everyone's now switched off. So. Yeah. <laughs> And because they've all switched off, Jamie, I'm going to bring on your quiz for the week. Oh no! Oh dear! I yeah, you've hinted to me earlier that this quiz is, isn't a normal quiz. Yeah, so I'm slightly concerned. Which is great uh, because it's quite a normal quiz, and I just wanted to get it in your head. Oh great! Okay. Uh, pr- pretty simple, Jamie. Um, you have got to go from 2022 backwards, oh, naming you love me. These ones, I do love these ones. <clears throat> naming me every pole sitter. For the Ooh. Japanese Grand Prix. I wasn't expecting that. No, um, I thought I'd twist it up just a little bit. <laughs> I'm going to do so badly on this. Yep, that's what <laughs> I was hoping. I got a couple of interesting stats as you as well after this. I don't even know if I know last year's one. Well, as soon as you get one wrong, it's over. <laughs> this might be the worst quiz we ever do. Well, it was either Leclerc or Verstappen. <laughs> um... Oh dear, I think it was Verstappen. Thank goodness for that, we've got <laughs> one on the board. <laughs> um, 21, did they race in 21? No. They didn't race in 20 either? Nope. 2019, it was Seb. Yep, I believe it was his last ever poll in Formula 1. I think so. Although Ferrari were quick in quality, weren't they? In the end of 2019. Um, but they fell off after this when they went to Cota, didn't they? Oh, so that's yeah, when true. the new directive came in. Which definitely yeah. wasn't that they had a legal engine for people that believed <laughs> they, they didn't somehow. 18. Um, this is this is really, yeah, bad for me. Seb got the spark plug. Oh, was that, no, that was the year before, wasn't it? It was um, the year before. I mean, it was probably... I'm just going to stab in the dark so it's Hamilton. Yep. 17 was also Hamilton. Correct. <laughs> These are complete guesses, I'm not going to lie. I mean, it's impressive. You've got four. 16, Nico Rosberg. I know that one because... I knew you'd know that one. He stopped cycling over summer and then got polled by a couple of hundreds and it was because he lost his leg muscle in the summer. Yeah, he had weak legs. But it, it went in the title. So, 2015... Ross, uh, hang on. When did Lewis win the title? No, I'm going to say Rosberg because Lewis Correct. binned him off at turn one like a snake. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Fourteen was Rosberg. Correct. This is very impressive. It's just Rosberg's a goat, so I know everything about him. Um, Twenty thirteen. Oh, Roman Grosjean almost made this race an absolute thriller. Uh, well, he did. Um, it would have been... Oh, hang on. I think it was Mark Webber. Correct! I honestly I... thought you'd trip <laughs> off on that one. He's the last ever pole position, I believe. Wow. 2012. Uh, Seb won in a dominant fashion. I would say he got pole as well. He did. 11. Equally, it was Seb. And then he, he snaked button at term, uh, before turn one. Well, he snaked button on the run to the line, didn't he, in qualifying? Yeah. yeah. Closest Japanese... Qual- well... Joint closest Japanese qualifying was it session. Seb? Nine oh, right. thousandths of a second, yeah. Alright, good. Yeah. Twenty ten. 
I tell you what, this has already gone much better than I thought. I, yeah, I didn't think I'd get this far. Um, 2010. I mean, Seb won the race. Did he get pole position? He probably did. Correct. Um, oh, nine. <laughs> I think it was Vettel again. <laughs> Correct. Um, oh, eight. Did they race at Suzuka in oh, eight? They raced at Fuji. Still the Japanese Grand Prix. Though. Oh, okay. This is the one where Massa and Hamilton took each other out quite a lot. Um, I would go for Hamilton pole position. Correct. Just because he should have won the title that race and then he was an absolute fraud for the last three. No, no, that was 07. Sorry. <laughs> he still got pole in 08. He still got, he got pole in 08, yeah. Um, I forgot he won the title in 08. You know what, 07 08 are two of the most similar years that are very, like, nothing changed at the front. So yeah, it's quite a bit bizarre, wasn't it? Considering the, the considering traction control was banned yeah. as well. Yeah, 07 was also at Fuji, wasn't it? Yep. I think it was Lewis Hamilton again. It was, correct. 06, I've literally just watched this on season review, so I should get this one right. Um, Felipe Massa. Correct. Oh. <laughs> 05. Jiang, oh, hang on. Was it Fizzy? It was Fizzy or a Toyota. Oh, 05. I think it was Fizzy. Oh, incorrect, I'm afraid. Oh, was it a Toyota? Who was it? It was a Toyota. Yeah, Trulli? Nope. Schumacher? It Ralph? was Ralph Schumacher. Wow, that's annoying. I know Fizzy should have won that race. That's, that's annoying. That's good going there. Fair play to you, Jamie. I wouldn't have got... I'd have just, after that, I was guessing Schumacher for at least five. <laughs> yeah, to be fair, well, Barrichello got 03, but yeah, Schumacher oh, then had every pole back to 98. Um, well, there you go. I bet you weren't expecting that. No, that was much better than we ever expected. Now, how many points was that? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 15. That's good there going, go. my friend. There you go. Um, well, let us know other, how you did if you played along. Say, a couple of other interesting facts for you. Only twice it's, uh, at the Japanese Grand Prix has the driver on pole, when they finished the race, have they not finished on the podium? Wow. That so was pole this weekend. Is going to is likely to be on the podium. That was Hamilton in 2008, finished 12th. Um, and Ralph Schumacher in 05, finished 8th. Uh, you had a few DNFs and disqualifications a bit earlier on in Formula 1. But yeah, um, anyone since Suzuka's return that's taken pole has then finished on the podium. Often it's been first, a few times second, and Sebastian Vettel third in 2011. 2011. There you go. Spot on. He won um, the title though, didn't he? So. He did, he did. <coughs> Predictions then, Jamie. Someone's tired. It got bored yep. of me answering all those questions. I certainly did. I thought you'd get none. <laughs> I, was well, I almost got none. <laughs> um, predictions. Uh, Actually, it's my Christian... go first, isn't it? Because I'm still behind. Yeah, it is. What are the scores on the doors? I'm two ahead. I think it's 46 to 44. Right. Do we believe maybe, that the no, Red Bull no, resurgence? 48 to 46. I think we're going to see a Red Bull resurgence this week. <laughs> That's so... a bold prediction. It is a bold prediction. I'm going to say Verstappen. I'm no then way. going to say Verstappen win. Well, back to normal service has resumed. Um, P2. I'm going to say Lewis Hamilton. It's bold. Is it going to be beautiful? Probably not. <laughs> um, P3. 
I'm going to say Lando Norris. Okay. I was trying to find the betting odds real quick. Oh, why do you keep using betting odds? <laughs> it's, it works. You're an avid gambler. Um, I will go Max Verstappen. Yep, same as me. Pole position. I will go Max Verstappen race win. Yep, same as me. I will go Checo Perez in P2. Okay, pretty pretty basic. And I will go... I might just cover you off and go Norris. That'd be quite boring, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would Lando be incredibly Norris. boring. You boring, <laughs> boring man. Uh, I was also thinking as well, because there's what eight or ten points available for a week or twelve sometimes now, isn't it? Because we yeah. do both polls. The fact that we're what sixteen, seventeen races in, and neither of us have even broken fifty points yet. I mean, you can basically just get that by betting max win, max poll every. Week. How would it? So what's forty-eight divided by? 16 is 16. 3, uh, three. yeah. Yeah, it's 3. Well, that's we've, awful. I was averaging more than that last year. We, we have done awfully last year. Although, to be fair, I believe, looking at it, I am one point behind my total score last year. <laughs> yeah, you, you really believed in the Ferrari a lot last year, didn't you? So. I just lived on hopium. It's, it's what I do, <laughs> uh, as I apparently am doing again this year. Um... But there we go, then, Jamie. Have we got anything else to add? I know we've got to do our quick podcast PSA, but before I dive into that, have we got anything else to mention? Apart from, obviously, your signing. Are you releasing a new book as well? <laughs> York Football I mean, Club? we'll see. <laughs> uh, I've got nothing more to add. Just the F1 of Tweeted All the Drivers by Buzzing Corner. So, uh, yeah. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, thank you all so much for watching. If you have enjoyed, please do make sure, not only... Actually, Jamie... How many subs are you up to? I'm still, I've, I'm still not the same. No one's unsubbing. It's, it's, it's so what, you're on 538? Uh, let's have a look. 541. Oh, I feel like that has gone down. I'm, I'm, I'm in the green. I've got more views than usual in the last 28 days. Oh, wow. How many is that? Four? 76. Fair play to you. I don't know uh, why. <laughs> we're up to 220. So nice. we're what? 321 away. We're getting there. Slowly but surely. Um, but of course, yeah, if you if you are watching this on my main YouTube channel, we forgot to mention this in the intro, uh, please do sub to the Knowing Wheel official YouTube channel down in the description below, because uh, of course from 2024 the podcast will be going live exclusively over there instead. But yeah, thank you all so much for listening, and we'll be back uh, probably, well actually it's going to be a slightly later episode next week, Jamie, I forgot to mention to you, because uh, I'm actually away at the start oh, very of the nice. week. Um, where can we find you if you want to get we, a signing you can get a signing down in Cornwall somewhere lovely um, so yeah thank you all so much for listening and we'll be back next week with a Japanese Grand Prix review